Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to CT Reach Q2 2020 Earnings Results Conference Call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you have if you would like to ask a question during that time, simply press star, then the number sign, number one on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, please press the pound key. The speakers on the call today are Kevin Silver, Chief Executive Officer of CTREIT, Leslie Gibson, Chief Financial Officer of CTREIT, and Kevin Salzberg, Chief Operating Officer of CTREIT. Today's discussion may include forward-looking statements. Such statements are based on management assumption and belief. These forward-looking statements are subject to uncertainties and other factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from such statements. Please see CTREIT public fillings for a discussion and these risk factors, which are included in the in their 2019 MDNA and AIF, which has been found on CTREIT website and on CEDAR. I will now like to turn the meeting over to Ken Silver, Chief Executive Officer of CTREIT. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining us for CT REIT's second quarter 2020 investor conference call. For the past five months or so, we have all been living with the implications and consequences of the global pandemic on public health, the economy, and society at large. It's an understatement to say it has been a challenging time, and we've all been dealing with circumstances we could hardly have imagined. Like the stages of grief, I'm sure we have all experienced at various points some degree of denial, anger, and depression over this time. At this point, with a vaccine still only on the horizon, we are learning to accept the situation and how to live with the virus. Like all of you, the management team at CT Reed has been dealing with the twists and turns of this crisis. Our initial focus was on the health and safety of our employees, our tenants, and our tenants' customers and employees. Preserving liquidity was also an immediate priority. As the impact of government restrictions was felt by our smaller and more vulnerable tenants, we engaged with them to understand how we could help them survive the crisis, even before the federal government announced the SECRA program, which we are participating in. While we couldn't have imagined a global pandemic and the toll it would take, we have long managed CT REIT in a conservative fashion pursuing a low-risk growth strategy, building a strong balance sheet, and steadily improving our credit metrics. 
Our strategic advantage has always been our relationship with Canadian Tire, one of the strongest and most resilient brands in Canada. Like many of you, we have moved from immediate crisis management to managing the new normal. We will continue to run the REIT in a conservative manner and are looking to the future. We have better visibility to the consequences of the pandemic on our business and are pleased with, but not surprised by, our solid results. And while significant risks remain in the external environment, we are cautiously moving forward. We are planning for the future and open to making new investments, but are in no rush to do so. Our resilience, our strong balance sheet and liquidity, coupled with our positive results, have given our board the confidence to declare a 2% increase in our distribution, effective with the September payment. It strikes the appropriate balance of prudence and optimism required in these challenging times. With that, I'll turn things over to Kevin and Leslie to discuss our Q2 results in more detail. Kevin? Thanks, Ken, and good morning, everyone. As disclosed in our press release, in the second quarter, CT completed the expansion of three existing Canadian tire stores in Kincardine, Ontario, Rouen-Noranda, Quebec, and Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, as well as the redevelopment of a multi-tenant property that includes a newly built Canadian tire store in Niagara Falls, Ontario. In total, CT REIT invested approximately $36 million in these previously announced projects, which added 288,000 square feet of incremental GLA in the quarter. On a year-to-date basis, CT REIT has invested approximately $79 million in previously announced projects and added 438,000 square feet of incremental GLA. At the end of the second quarter, CT REIT had 15 properties that were at various stages of development. These projects represent a total committed investment of approximately $187 million upon completion, $67 million of which has already been spent to date, and a total incremental gross leasable area of 780,000 square feet, nearly 94% of which has been pre-leased. Over the next 12 months, the REIT anticipates spending roughly $54 million on these development projects. As at June 30, 2020, CT REIT's occupancy rate was 99.3%, which was slightly above the occupancy level of 98.7% as at Q2 2019. We continue to closely monitor our portfolio and engage with our tenants regarding the state and health of their businesses. With respect to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on our property operations in the quarter, tenants representing approximately 98.5% of annual base minimum rent fulfilled their July 1st financial obligations to the REIT, compared to 97.7% for June 1st, 96.5% for May 1st, and 97.8% for April 1st. The REIT continues to work with tenants facing financial challenges as a result of the pandemic, and where possible, is participating in the Canada Emergency Commercial Rent Assistance, or SECRA program, which provides a 75% rent abatement for qualifying small businesses for the period from April 1st to August 1st, sorry, August 31st, 2020, of which generally two-thirds is paid for by the federal and provincial governments, and one-third is funded by the landlord. We have been working our way through the SECRA process and expect to submit applications for the months of April, May, and June for approximately 100 of our tenants. With respect to the recently announced July and August extensions to the program, we will work with our tenants on a case-by-case basis 
to determine where participation in these additional months is warranted. Leslie will shortly go into the details of the financial impact related to the CEQA program. Lastly, aside from the temporary operating restrictions and or closures in some jurisdictions in the second quarter, all Canadian Tire retail stores returned to full operations as of May 9, 2020, and there have been no rental interruptions, abatements, or deferrals regarding the REIT's tenancies at these locations. Although we have been spending a large amount of time and effort assisting those of our tenants that currently need help, we are extremely pleased with the strength and reliability of our cash flows, primarily derived from our portfolio of largely investment-grade tenancies. As Ken noted in his earlier comments, this position of strength allows us to patiently wait for the right opportunities as we navigate our way through these unprecedented times. With that, I will turn it over to Leslie for a review of our financial results. Thanks, Kevin, and good morning, everyone. In light of the backdrop of the pandemic, we are very pleased with the Q2 2020 results, with a reported diluted AFFO per unit of 25.6 cents, which increased 2.8% compared to 24.9 cents per unit in Q2 of 2019. Diluted FFO per unit increased by 1% to 29.4 cents versus 29.1 cents in Q2 of 2019. Reported net operating income increased by 2.8 million, or 3.1% in the current quarter compared to the prior year. The primary contributor for the increase in NOI growth was the acquisition of income-producing properties and properties under development completed in 2020 and 2019, which contributed approximately 1.3 million. Same-store NOI increased slightly by $600,000, or 0.7% in Q2 2020, compared to the prior year. Same property NOI increased by 1.5 million or 1.6% compared to Q2 2019 and was driven by several factors. Contractual annual rent escalations of 1.5% on average contained within the Canadian Tire Store leases, which contributed nearly 1.7 million to NOI growth. Intensifications completed in 2020 and 2019, which contributed roughly 0.8 million, as well as a reduction in the property management expenses partially offset by the bad debt expense related to the rent relief under the secret program and further expected credit losses together, which totaled approximately $1.4 million. Further to what Kevin noted earlier, I would like to take a moment and provide more details on the impact the pandemic has had on our Q2 financial results. Credit losses of $1.4 million were recognized in the quarter, consisting of $500,000 related to the landlord portion of the secret program. $200,000 in abatement of gross rents for tenants who did not qualify for SECRA, an additional $700,000 in additional estimated credit losses related to tenants who have been significantly impacted by the pandemic. From a rent collection perspective, approximately 97.3% of Q2's rent has been collected from tenants. In addition, we anticipate a further $900,000 or 0.7% of rent to be collected from the government through the secret program, which would bring the total rent collection for Q2 to 98.0%. Of the remaining 2%, about 0.6% of the revenue has been deferred, and 0.4% relates to the landlord portion of the secret program on the tenants, tenant abatements I just mentioned. Rent collections for the month of July is again extremely strong, with 98.5% of rent having been collected from tenants. With respect to G&A expenses, in Q2 2020, G 
DNA as a percentage of property revenue excluding fair value adjustments amounted to 2.0% versus 2.4% for Q2 2019. This decrease was primarily due to the decrease in the service agreement costs as a result of the insourcing and new ERP system implemented in Q2 2019. Now turning to our liquidity and financial condition for the quarter, the interest coverage ratio increased to 3.50 times as of Q2 2020 compared to 3.35 times for the same period in 2019. The increase in interest coverage ratio is due to both the decrease in the interest expense and an increase in OI in the current quarter compared to 2019. As mentioned during our Q1 earnings call, CT reset the rate on five series of Class C LP units, totaling $252 million for a five-year term at 2.37%, commencing May 31, 2020. Our weighted average interest rate decreased to 3.87% as of June 30th as a result of the reset. The REIT has no further debt maturities until the second quarter of 2021. We believe that we are well positioned to manage through these unprecedented times and pleased with the strength of our balance sheet. Our conservative 77.3% AFFO payout ratio, a low debt to gross book value of 42%, and approximately $320 million available through our committed credit facilities and cash on hand. CT REIT's assets with an IRFRS value of approximately $6 billion 97% unencumbered. In addition, as of June 30, 2020, the book value per unit was $14.67, which is slightly higher than our Q1 2020 value of $14.60 and the 2019 year-end value of $14.61, as net income exceeded distributions. Included in our net income in Q2 was a $5 million fair value decrease, which brings our year-to-date fair value decrease to $29 million. The decrease in the fair value is a result of slight increases in the overall capitalization rates that were made across our portfolio. The strong covenants in our largely investment-grade portfolio and our high level of rent collection throughout the pandemic continues to support the underlying property cash flows and resultant valuations. We continue to monitor the market for data points related to similar essential needs net lease retail assets, and we will make further adjustments if necessary based on comparable transactions if and when deal volumes return to a more, storm, more normalized levels. And with that, I will turn things back to you, Ken. Thank you, Leslie. I know it's a busy time for many of our listeners, so I'll turn the call back to the operator now for any questions. Thank you. At this time, I would like to remind everyone, in order to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We ask that you please pick up the handset or step close to your speakerphone system when asking your question to provide maximum audio clarity. We'll pause just for a moment to compile the Q&A roster. The first question is from Sam Damiani from TD Securities. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Congratulations on a, on a solid quarter, and, uh, and great to see the distribution increase, uh, particularly through this, uh, this time of great uncertainty. Um, Thanks. Absolutely. And uh, when we look, just look at the quarter, it was interesting in a couple ways, one of which was 
the fact that no new investments were announced this quarter. And I think this is the uh, f- the first time uh, the REIT has had that uh, since the IPO seven years ago. I wonder if you could just tell us, um, you know, what that says, and you know, if you're if you're thinking uh, about you know Canadian Tire and its real estate strategy, p- perhaps changing. Um, given the acceleration of trends that we've seen over the last five months, um, do you see the REIT sort of changing in the way it it relies on Canadian Tire for growth going forward? Uh, Sam, let me uh, kick things off. It's Ken. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into into what you've observed. Uh, To the extent that obviously with the disruption of the pandemic, you know, basically all real estate transactions have kind of ground to a halt. Liquidity was at a premium, uh, or at least a focus on liquidity uh, in the short term. And, um, and of course, you know, the team has been heavily involved in, in working with tenants and, and managing the way through the secret program. So, um, you know, that there's been a pause uh, in the investment activity, I think, would simply be um, to be expected uh, as a result of all this disruption. Uh, I don't imagine or expect that there would be any, you know, um, material ongoing uh, changes, uh, at least in the sources of growth we see. I, I can't comment right at the moment in terms of quantums uh, or make any predictions. Uh, but in terms of the sources of growth, whether from Kennedy Tire or elsewhere, I don't see any um, any fundamental changes. Okay, that's helpful. And just on the on the leasing market, um, obviously it slowed down quickly in the spring. You know, um, Kevin, are you seeing uh, any evidence of of resumed activity, tenant interest uh, when you look at uh, you know leasing up some of the spaces in the, in the developments that are still vacant? Uh, not really, Sam. I mean, I think everybody is still fundamentally on pause. Um, you know, a couple couple groups out there, um, you know, nosing around with with longer term projects. Um, you know, most most of the uh, lease activity we've been doing has been on the renewal front, uh, where you know uh, tenants who are comfortable and and obviously managing their way through this uh, are extending their leases. Um, on the industrial side, obviously we have 11 Dufferin. Um, you know, there there's been we have a short-term tenancy in there that's coming to an end. So um, there's actually been a pickup in, in showings and, and lease activity there. We don't have anything specific to report, but uh, mostly end users or 3PLs that are still uh, looking for space. Um, but yeah, just as, as a broad comment on retail leasing, I think it's still still quite uh, quite slow right now. Thank you. My last question, uh, perhaps for you, Leslie, just looking at the the $300 million credit facility with Canadian Tire um, that was arranged, I think, uh, late last year. Could you just remind us what the purpose of that is and why you don't include it in your uh, liquidity availability? Um, Sam, it uh, is an uncommitted facility with Canadian Tire. So from our perspective, um, you know, that's why it's not included in the liquidity calculation. Uh, it would be at their discretion when we were looking for money, whether they had any or whether they said yes or no. So um, that is why it's not included. Um, and really the reason for doing it, and yes, it was done in uh, Q4 last year, was really looking at um, just having other sources of financial flexibility uh, within the corporation and uh, being able to borrow from different sources uh, should we need that um, at various times during the year. Thank you very much. I'll turn it back. Thank you. 
The next question is from Himanshu Gupta from Scotia Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Thank you and good morning. So good morning. Just to uh, follow up on the overall market activity, so have you seen any changes in pricing or expectations for standalone retail properties versus multi-tenant properties in the last few months? I mean, do you think the risk premium is likely to change differently on these two type of properties? Hi, Amanda. It's, uh, it's Kevin. Um, similar to the leasing market, I mean, the investment market for the most part is still frozen. Uh, there have not been a lot of trades. I mean, a couple deals that were started pre-COVID that closed uh, more recently, but uh, haven't seen a lot that's been uh, sourced, uh, negotiated, and closed um, through the course of the, uh, the crisis. Um, you know, I think generally we're, there's no data, so we're not seeing real significant moves in any direction for any type of asset. Um, you know, I think fundamentally we believe uh, the market will be kind of bifurcated into to risk assets and non-risk assets, and people are going to pay as much, if not more, for, for the non-risk uh, asset, of which we think essential, essential um, needs retail fits into that category. So I think generally we feel pretty good about how the valuations are going to stack up for uh, what is really the majority of our portfolio. Um, but obviously, you know, uh, it's really hard to price and predict cash flows uh, as it relates to um, larger multi-tenant retail assets on a go-forward basis. So I think if you're going to see some price softness, that, that could be where it develops over time. Gotcha. And then on, uh, on rent collection, the secret program has been extended for August as well. I mean, in case it was not extended, uh, do you think the tenants are now in the position to pay, which had otherwise uh, taken benefit from this program? Uh, I, th- I think I think things are improving. Uh, you know, we've we've, as we said in our in our prepared remarks, um, uh, we're now viewing the participation for July and August on a case by case basis, meaning not everybody that we uh, agreed to throw into the program for the the first three months. Uh, we will continue to uh, to submit on their behalf. Um, you know, business is resuming. Uh, some some tenants are, are coming back stronger and better than than others, uh, and some are just uh, at the early stages of the reopening too. So, um, I think really overall, uh, it remains to be seen. But I think uh, generally we're seeing you know the health of uh, you know and and financial resources of our tenant base improve as as. Uh, you know, wider reopenings start to uh, start to occur. Sure. And maybe just final question uh, from me on distribution. So great to see the 2% increase. Uh, I mean, it was slightly lower than the 4% increases in the last two years. Uh, given that the payout ratio continues to be low, very low, uh, would you revisit your distribution policy in the coming quarters or just, you know, being more conservative given the circumstances? Hi, Himanshu. It's Ken. Um, as you know, uh, distributions are declared on a monthly basis, so, so the board has ample opportunity to review the business and to determine the appropriate distri- distribution rate. So obviously it depends on circumstances. Um, I couldn't rule anything in or out uh, with respect to, to what might be coming. Uh, I, I think the board's decision to raise the distribution at this point by the 2% is 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 clearly uh, viewed by the board as being both prudent 
and, uh, and a positive reflection of the resiliency and, and predictability of the, of the REITs results. Sure, thank you. Great color and I'll turn it back. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Tal Woolley from uh, National Bank. Please go ahead, the line is now open. Hi, good morning everybody. Good morning, Tal. Um, let's maybe start on the financial side. Um, given, you know, that all in financing costs have, you know, gone in the, gone in the favor of borrowers over the last uh, few months, do you envision trying to maybe refinance more of your debt uh, a little bit more aggressively here? Um, just given that the rate environment is favorable. Um, I don't know if the, you know, potentially, you know, paying some penalties to lock in those future rates might make sense. Maybe you can just walk through uh, how that math uh, stands in your books. Hi, Tal, it's Leslie. Um, you know, thanks, Tal. We, we do look at that all the time, and obviously with rates at, at sort of all-time lows, um, that's definitely something we're really looking at. Uh, you know, when we look at our next scheduled maturity, which is um, in Q2 2021, the sort of like 2.1% coupon is still lower than current market rates. So, you know, for for us, it's uh, you know, you know, still uh, you know, costly to do that. Um, you know, we we do look at you know what we could do that and compare to where we rates are going to be. Um, I think our still view and and what we're seeing is that we still think the the current low rate environment um, will continue for the you know foreseeable uh, you know at least short term future. Um, we do look at that, but I think at at this point in time we're we're not yet rushing out to uh, refinance those earlier. Though that is something that we we do take a look at um, every time the rates do ebb and flow. And. Uh, any sort of change in terms of like, you know, because you still have some uh, outstanding intercompany uh, debt with Tire, like, you know, you could envision a scenario here where maybe Tire would prefer, you know, for you to refinance with the public market as opposed to refinancing with them just because maybe they want to keep a little bit more capital uh, for themselves. Any change, uh, you know, in sort of how you expect to see that play out going forward? I think with with the debt with Canadian Tire, the the class C's, we you know it will really depend on what um, Canadian Tire's use of proceeds and what they're looking for. Um, you know, obviously they know that this is one of their their points of financial flexibility that they have if they're looking for additional cash in any way, um, and they definitely have that in their their toolkit and are um, you know fully consider that in all their different options. So. Uh, I think it really will just come down to, you know, when those debt are rolling, what uh, what the use is um, for CTC. Okay. Um, and then just lastly on, on, you know, the potential for mixed-use development in the portfolio, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to put words directly in your mouth, but maybe I could characterize it as you, as a manager, you guys as a management team have maybe been a bit more circumspect about the financial returns um, on that in uh, the market pre-pandemic, um, you know, for five, six months in, I realize everything's up in the air, but do you see, um, you know, a mix of factors, um, you know, changing here that might cause you to be a little bit more predisposed to pursuing more mixed-use development uh, going forward, or does it still kind of feel the same to you? Uh, Talents can. Um it's not fundamentally different, and it's also not quite the same. So, <laughs> uh, you know, practically, you know, 
the, the higher value sites in our portfolio are subject to long-term Canadian Tire leases. So <clears throat> obviously we could work something out with Canadian Tire as others have done with their uh, anchor tenants. But it's not um, uh, a high priority activity for us at the moment. Nevertheless, uh, we are certainly you know, assessing redevelopment opportunities within our portfolio. So I would say it remains a longer term uh, value creation opportunity uh, for the REIT and obviously dependent on a number of different circumstances including you know, ongoing relative valuations for real estate, uh, development risk, you know, the tenant's preferences, et cetera, et cetera. But it is something that's on the radar screen for sure. Okay. And then just lastly, uh, with Canadian Tire, um, for their distribution uh, network, do, does the company feel like they have all, you know, all of the um, proper space needed to service their e-commerce needs at this point? Um, and if not, is that something that you could envision the REIT playing a role in helping to develop going forward? I tell, um, I mean, obviously I wouldn't, I, I can't speak for Canadian Tire in terms of how they're managing their supply chain. But, yeah. you know, I think, uh, you know, I think you could expect that we're in close contact with them on any of their network requirements, whether it's retail or distribution. And, um, you know, given everything that's happened in the last, you know, five months or so, uh, no doubt they're reviewing their long-term requirements uh, in all respects, um, and we would expect to be involved in those conversations. Okay, that's great. Thanks very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Jenny Ma from BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. The line is now open. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Congratulations on a solid quarter. Um, Thank you. Just want to ask a little for a little bit more color on the distribution and the timing, uh, because I know CT REIT has been on an annual increase trajectory, and this is the second one that's going to be passed through this year. So, could you share what was behind it? Is it really a signal to investors uh, about the strength of CT's cash flows? Um, and if that's the case, you know, th does it suggest that uh, there is still, you know? potentially more distributions to be considered distribution increases to be considered next year, or do you really view this hike as sort of a pull forward of what you may have considered for 2021? Uh, Jenny, it's Ken. Um, I mean, I think, I think with respect to the timing, I mean, firstly, there was no, um, you know, the fact that we had announced uh, previous distri distribution increases at the same time was really, frankly, more, coincidence than something that, you know, particular meaningful in and of itself. As I said earlier, the board reviews and, you know, its distribution uh, policy and, and the business on an ongoing basis. I'd say the timing with respect to this one is, you know, clearly, um, you know, it feels like we've all kind of gone through the first wave of the pandemic We've seen what the implications are on our business, and it seemed like an appropriate time, or the board felt it was an appropriate time, uh, to signal its confidence in, in the REIT's cash flows. Um, you know, what might come 
in subsequent quarters or over the you know the next year or so, um, you know, is obviously unpredictable in in many different ways. So I wouldn't uh, read anything, you know, specific one way or the other into either the timing um, uh, of of the distribution increase. And with respect to the quantum of the distribution increase, obviously. Um, it's at a rate that the board felt was uh, appropriately um, cautious or prudent at this time. Okay, I can appreciate that and still a, a good news event nevertheless. Um, moving towards the CICRA and, and bad debt for this quarter, I'm just wondering if you could share some color on you know, some of the, the constant, uh, constituents of the bad debt, you know, what, what the tenant profile was, was it concentrated amongst a few of the maybe larger tenants, or was it more widespread? <clears throat> and then any color on, on what you might expect for Q3 would be great. Uh, Jenny, it's Leslie speaking. Um, you know, with the secret program, you know, it, it wouldn't be very many of the larger tenants. Um, many of those didn't meet the criteria for the secret program. You know, I would suggest it, ha it was more of the uh, franchisees, perhaps in uh, fast food, it was, you know, independent uh, owner-operator businesses, uh, restaurants, uh, service businesses. Um, those type of ones were probably the most um, impacted, uh, you know, in, in our in our portfolio. So um, those are sort of more represent the hundred tenants that we had, uh, more so than sort of any of the any of the larger tenants um, that we had. Uh, hi, Leslie. Sorry, maybe I wasn't clear. I was referring to the, the bad debt and the credit losses, so the $0.9 million. Oh, Paul, Jeff, how are you talking about the secret? Um, the, the bad debt, uh, I would say it's, it's, a, it's a mix. Um, you know, looking at the people that were probably not in the secret program, um, you know, we, we do have a number of uh, other tenants across the portfolio. I would say probably more concentrated on the mid-market fashion in our enclosed retail portfolio and a few of those assets that – um, we're, we're harder hit, but uh, would not uh, qualify for the secret program. Okay, and, and are the credit losses related to stores that have permanently closed? No, the, the number of the credit losses reflect our uh, view of the collectability of, of some of the arrears. Um, okay. Many of their stores, obviously, as Kevin, Kevin mentioned, uh, are you know operating or operating uh, are now back to to operations. Um, but some of them, um, you know, we, we still haven't uh, dealt with yet. Okay. And then on the secret program, has CT finished and, and submitted all the applications on behalf of your tenants right now? We're really focused. Uh, we've, we've submitted uh, the vast majority, not quite all of them, for the April, May, and June period. Um, obviously, as, as you may have read, secret programs, uh, the requirements for the amount of documentation, specific and changing documentation. We're <laughs> gathering the last few pieces from a few individual mm -hmm. tenants to complete the applications, uh, but the vast majority of the applications have already been, been submitted. Um, there's just a few, uh, few left to go for Q2. Okay. And then when we're thinking about the extension to July and August, I know, um, I think it was Kevin who mentioned that, that you're looking at it on a case-by-case -case basis, but as a rough proportion of what was, extended for, so what was extended for Q2, can you comment on, you know, what that might be? Is it maybe half of the tenants may qualify for an extension into July, uh, July and August? Uh, anything would be helpful. Hey, Jenny, it's, uh, it's Kevin. I, I would say in terms of rough order of magnitude, I would say slightly less than half. Uh, okay. of, of the initial tenant uh, group. 
Great. That's very helpful. Thank you very much. I'll turn it back. Thank you. Once again, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad if you have a question or comment. We have a question from Pammy Beer from RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Uh, thanks, and uh, good morning. Can you um, maybe just comment on what you're seeing from an acquisition perspective, uh, you know, the types of opportunities that are out there, and are you seeing anything in terms of, uh, or much in terms of uh, distress at all? Uh, hey, Pam, it's Kevin. Um, in terms of distress, no, not, not anything uh, significant that uh, I've, I've seen uh, to date. Um, you know, as we said in our, our remarks, we're, we're being patient because uh, for two reasons. One, there's just not a lot out there to, uh, to go after right now, quite frankly. Uh, and then also, you know, uh, it's got to be the right opportunity. So um, I, think, I think, you know, vendors uh, and, 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 and buyers are still um, far apart on their expectations in terms of pricing. That bid-ask spread uh, is still wide. Um, so I think just in, in a general sense, the opportunities, we haven't, we haven't seen uh, too much come our way just yet. Um, but I do expect in the back half of the year, um, hopefully that uh, the market will loosen up a little and there'll be a little bit more uh, volume on both uh, marketed deals and, and, and off-market opportunities. Got it. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Um, and maybe just thinking ahead to, to next year, uh, coming back to, I guess, one of the earlier questions, you know, if we look at your development schedule, it does uh, taper off a fair bit for, for 2021 in terms of um, completions. You know, in terms of your discussions with Canadian Tire and um, maybe some of the opportunities that they might be looking at in terms of expansions or redevelopments, do you see that, uh, do you see 2021 sort of ticking back up to perhaps, you know, higher levels or more normal levels? Uh, Pommy, it's Ken. Um, I, I, I would say that, you know, uh, again, I, I couldn't, you know, direct you to a quantum of investment. However, I would, you know, we're, we basically are collectively on pause. I don't expect that to continue. Uh, so, you know, we will see a, re a resumption of what I would call normal course business activities uh, from a real estate perspective. Uh, with Canadian Tire in due course. Got it. Um, just last one, maybe coming back to that, uh, the short-term lease at 11 Dufferin, can you just remind us uh, what the estimated impact of, of that coming off would be uh, for Q3 or on a run rate basis? Tommy, I, uh, I don't have that to hand. I'll have to get back to you on that one, sorry. Okay. Thanks very much. I will, uh, I'll turn it back. Thank you. As there are no further questions at this time, I will turn the call over to Ken Silver, CEO, for any closing remarks. Thank you, Operator, and thank you all for joining us today. We look forward to sharing with you our third quarter results expected the first week of November. Thank you. Thank you. This concludes today's call. You may now disconnect your lines at this time. We thank you for your participation. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. 
See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.